Eagles win. Oh my God, the Eagles win. Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Durio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two doinks. <laughs> Chuck and Gene. We just need to decide uh, who's the upright and who's the crossbar. Oh, man, that that's tough because I am both taller and wider than Gene. So I, I'd fit mm. both the criteria. Um, I'll, I'll go crossbar if you're okay with being the upright, Gene. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Okay, good. So uh, I'm the crossbar. Uh, my name's Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm the upright, and you can find me at Producer Gene. And I just want to say, always ice the kicker. Always, always, always ice the kicker. <laughs> I think that's appropriate because um, usually by the end of the night, Gene, you are still upright. Chuck, you are more resembling a crossbar. <laughs> Well, if it's a good night, a good mean, night, right? And, and tonight's is, a great night. Tonight's <laughs> a great night. And uh, apologies in advance if my uh, the tonal quality of my voice is a little shot um, because I did some excessive celebration after uh, after our beloved Cody Parkey missed the field goal. Um, what? All right, let's start with this. What? What what were what was your setup? What were you doing when the field goal went up? And then what was your reaction when it when it when it missed? Um, I was on the couch. My wife had our youngest who uh, decided that she didn't really want to go to bed, and was sort of walking with her in the kitchen. And um, I was watching the game. Uh, my wife wasn't, but she saw the you know the iced attempt. And she's like, oh, did did he make it? Was that, did they call the timeout before? And I'm like, I go, yeah, they did. And she's like, oh. And I, I just go, I'm like, yeah, you got like a free practice kick. I really hate this call. Like, he just got to practice winning the game. And then when the kick came, like, it pretty immediately started hooking. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, come on, just go go wide, go wide. And it didn't look like it was going to. And then it hit the upright. And like, I gasped. <laughs> and I was like, don't fall in, don't fall in, don't fall in. And then when it hit the crossbar, I stood up and was just waiting for the, the referees to make the signal. And the one on the, the left seemed to make like the no good first. <laughs> and it felt like a long while for the one on the, the right did. And I just like turned back to her and like turned to the TV like three or four times. I'm like, oh my God, that just happened. Yeah. Gene, similar story. Well, I, I had been standing for, I think, most of the fourth quarter. Like, that has just become what is happening with me the last couple of weeks when it's, especially uh, the Houston game and uh, not so much the Washington game, but, um, you know, when things get tight and tense, like, I, I just, I can't sit still. So I, I was up, I was pacing. And I'll tell you what, I, what I've noticed lately is the way to watch a field goal, because I swear to God, I've been watching football basically since 1980, like since I've been on the earth, football's been on. I still can't tell if a field goal's good or not. Like, I just can't tell. Like, I have no idea. And it shouldn't be that hard. It's two yellow sticks. The ball should be going between them. But they find a way to make the, the television angle just... There's some doubt in my mind every time I see a kick. Was it good? Was it short? Was I, I can't tell. Yeah. And yeah. so what I find myself doing now is watching the mascots. <laughs> if you watch the mascot, they have a 
huge overreaction. They're usually standing right underneath the, 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 the uprights, and they usually have a huge overreaction one way or the other. So if you just watch the mascot, whether they, like, fall in despair or whether they leap in, out of joy, you usually know whether the kick was good or not. And when I saw that mascot, like, basically fall to his knees, I was like, holy crap. Well, also, it, it makes that great sound. that, that Like, I, there's no other sound like it, that that dong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And I know it's not quite that dramatic, but, like, you just, you, you, you more than me, you feel it when you see it hit an upright. Um, it's jarring, um, but like in this case, in the best way possible. Uh, uh, Gene, you enjoy getting jarred by the dong. I huh? enjoy getting <laughs> that, jarred by the dong. That, Hashtag. You know, this is another reason why I love you. Like because the the umpire or the ref is standing right next to the mascot who is giving an official good or no good signal. You don't have to interpret, or you don't have to like you know analyze the interpretive dance of the mascot. Yeah, but the sometimes the umpires they wait. Like the mascot usually. <laughs> He's giving it to you right away. Immediate reaction. You can get it and like a half second I, and I was early. Floored that that mascot had the noose ready. Yeah, like oh when yeah. I went up, he just came up through the noose right over the the crossbar and was ready to get down to business. No, my <laughs> yeah. my, my absolute favorite thing was that NBC already had the package ready to go of all That's of the true that all I know, of I was the missed field goals by Parky this year. It was like they were they just knew that somebody's job somewhere in New York or wherever NBC Studios is is be like, what kind of shit do you think we might need to cook up? Oh yeah, Parky missed a lot of field goal. We might need this. Put that together. It's it's so great that they have these things just ready to go. It's like the obituaries for 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 dead presidents. Yeah, somebody was so satisfied that they had that put together, <laughs> and they may not have gotten to use it. You know what I mean? Uh, like you no, got to sure. I mean, I know. Put all that work in. A lot of work gotta... for nothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, well, Gene, I, I paced the entire game. I need. I wish I wore a Fitbit tonight because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like from pregame all the way through. I I was pacing. However. I had resigned myself to the fact that we were going to lose this game. So I was not like on my knees praying or anything like that. I was just dejected and I wasn't even in the living room anymore. I was in the room behind the living room. Just uh, this is the, this is the point that I sat down. I was just done and I watched it go up and I saw it hooking and I said, Oh, it's going to hit the, it's going to hit the upright. It's going to hit the upright. My father-in-law was in the, in the living room and he said, it hit the upright. Uh, but then I immediately saw, I was like, Oh, it bounced through. That's kind of what I thought kind of initially until I saw the mascot go down to his knees. And then I saw the ref give the no good signal, and it was like mayhem in my house. Everybody was screaming. I ran outside. I did an Eagles cheer. <laughs> uh, it was I was jumping over the I tripped when I jumped over the couch and I fell. It was um, it was mayhem in my house so what of, of leading up to this you said that you had a feeling like this is we were going to definitely lose the game what were the the bad omens to you i'll tell you the bad omen to me is that they still had one timeout when i saw how much you know we had gone in and scored and they still had a timeout and i'm like oh. that means that means they're going to get this field like they have that they're going to win because the only way you can win this game is if you have taken all of their field you know what i mean you have to have taken all of their timeouts that's why andy reed used to always lose because he didn't have a timeout if you're left with timeout, you're gonna win. Yeah, the bad omen to me was the missed two point by like I don't even know what you want to call that a millimeter, well, I, a micrometer. I was gonna say like I don't even think that necessarily that we we missed it. We just were unable to have gotten the correct call. They didn't yeah, make, if they called call it a touchdown and then reviewed it, was, it, they it was wouldn't a, have taken it, was, it away. And it's so strange to have something that's like either is or isn't be like a 50 50 kind of thing it's like schrodinger's 
two point conversion. But nobody <laughs> made the nobody. It feel I feel like the whole Pretty night. Obscure to, reference. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I used to teach science. Uh, uh, but what 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 cracks me up is like in two different spots in this game, the referees literally had to kind of like make up calls on the fly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Was there a rule to kind of like consult with some of this stuff tonight? It was a, it was a crazy game. That's why I think that that review of that two point conversion was very much like whatever the call on the field was was what was going to stand because there wasn't that all important conclusive evidence one way or one way or the other. Um, and honestly, I don't think that this was a badly called game. Like I thought for the most part, it was pretty. I, I didn't see anything that was totally egregious. Was there yeah. something that I'm not thinking of that was a bad, bad, bad penalty or something? Most of the no, times, I mean, most of the penalties know, they I saw, they they were there. Yeah, yeah. When they called the when it, you know, it wasn't so much what they did call. I didn't see happen. It was. It may have been what didn't get called. May have happened. So there's. You think they let a little too much go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I thought that there was a lot of holding, but. You know, and, it never gets called. And before we get to that, I want to go back to the the two point conversion because I love the angle that NBC kept tra- trying to show as like definitive. It was from you know like forty five degrees off of like ninety. It was like forty five degree angle as opposed to a ninety degree angle, elevated and pixelated. And they're like, ah, oh, he definitely crossed. I'm okay. like, I can't see a thing. <laughs> I want to talk about this for a second. So the green, the green zone, right? We've seen this all year long, the green zone. You want to put some new technology that would be great? How about the end zone, like, wall? Right. Can yeah. we get, like, a pink? The plane that they're always talking about. They're always talking field. about breaking the plane. Put the plane up. We have the technology. We can We can make it better. Yes, I, there's got to be a way to do this where it's like I don't know, like a, um, a like a red laser matrix or something going across, so you know exactly where it gets pierced. Right. If we can ha- have uh, what was her name, the one that's married Catherine to Michael Jones? Yeah. If she can like navigate through to like steal jewels, we should be able to know whether a touchdown or two conversion crosses this imaginary plane. I want to see Tim Jernigan's do the Catherine Zeta Jones, um, like butt up laser dodge. I was thinking Michael easy. Bennett, but because he's got less <laughs> shoulder things to worry about. <laughs> Any of those guys on the defensive line, I would enjoy seeing that. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, enough of that. Uh, ice, you mentioned icing the kicker. You say always ice the kicker. Always ice the kicker. Yeah, you think always? I don't know, but it, it seems like it's so worth it the one in a hundred times it works. <laughs> It, but I, here's my feeling, though, and I, I think I said this, I guess, in the Houston game because that came down to a field goal, too, and they tried to ice Elliott, right? But the way that he called that timeout, like, Elliott didn't have to kick the make the kick twice. Like, he, they came out and lined right. up, and then they called the timeout, and it just made him think about it longer. The way Doug did it, it made Parkey have to kick the ball twice because Parkey made the first attempt. And and you kind of see they have the angle where they show Doug on the sideline walking up behind the referee and then kind of saying like right as they 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 get set he goes okay time out, um, so then you see the ref kind of run onto the field like yeah. that and they still go through the whole process of making the kick. So yeah. to me that feels like that's icing the kicker where you make him actually go through the act and then do it all again. Um, see, I 
real quick, I disagree. I think they they took a practice run on purpose because it seemed like they had ample time to not kick the field goal. Okay, like, there's two things going on here. There's, oh, they, they, I think that there's components to this. One is calling the timeout. So there's a skill involved in getting that timeout in before the snap, but not so early as they don't snap it. So I kind of think, and the other side of it is, is they don't have to kick the ball. Like if it gets snapped and they're blowing a whistle, you just don't, you don't have to kick the ball. And I think that that's another part of the decision that needs to be made is, is it beneficial to kick the ball and just continue the play as normal or do you just walk it off? Right. Like, cause it's like muscle memory. Like, you know, you make the snap, you get the hold down, you make the kick, you know, like the way you practice it a hundred times, it's almost like anything else. If you kind of like interrupt it in the middle, like it may kind of screw up your, your mojo. Honestly, I, I'm terrible at sports, but I know one thing. If I'm in a pressure situation and I do the thing that needs to be done, like make a free throw or whatever it is, um, and then you I do it and then you make me have to do it again, uh, I, there is definitely a far less of a chance I'm going to be successful at it. Especially but, when, when you're Cody Parkey and you know that he's going to have that demon of missed kicks like already in his head and you're playing the team that cut you you know like that all of these factors had to weigh into this this whole process yeah Yeah, and i think that icing like quote-unquote icing the kicker um really works well on people that have um weak minds yeah i guess you want to say that <laughs> it's like a jedi mind trick kind of thing into like, the will of the force do it twice go ahead so it would be fantastic on me oh, uh 100 yeah. but yeah you know cody park is shaky and the eagles know he's shaky yeah, yeah i think I'd... i think that this is why like i said if it only works one in 100 times it's worth it yeah yep well i mean you might as well right i mean you can't take it you can't take them with you right the timeouts right so yeah, if I'm ever if I'm ever doing anything, ice me. Like it, it could be like spell your last name like S E I. I'm out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> then I'm like, oh man. Like, where, where? What do I do? Like, yeah. I feel like I was I there. Crack under pressure. <laughs> Beer me, ice me. It's all good. So let's go to the drive uh, that at, led to ultimately the winning score before the infamous uh, two-point conversion. Um, man, that was a nice drive. Uh, it was great against a tough, tough, tough defense. That is a very good defense. That is, may, that's got to be the best defense we've played all year, right? Can you think of a defense that was better? No. No, that's no it's definitely the best. Def- it's best defense I've seen in a long time. We were talking uh, a little about maybe the rest let some things slide. That looked like some old school football, man. Their their defense hit people hard, and they hit them. I don't want to say early, but like the moment the ball got there, like the moment you were legally allowed to hit somebody, there was a Chicago Bear on you. Well, and the so, uh, the other thing that I took notice of, and I can't remember his name, ninety six, their defensive tackle, I believe, um, Hicks. Hicks, I think, is his name. Um, the Eagles tried to commit to the run. That guy literally was on our running backs. He was in every hole that we he was he was a beast. He was one of the best run stoppers I've seen 
for an, like an entirety of a game. He was so consistent at the way that he was able to break up our run plays. And you got to give credit, like both to Doug and to the defenses. Doug kept with it. He he did try to stick with. Let's let's try to run this ball and and kill the clock and and it's, it's going to break here at some point. We'll give it to Sproles. We'll give it to Smallwood. That Bears defense is just stout. Yeah, well, I mean, while we're on the subject of the running game, um, yeah, it it didn't work. We didn't have a ton of yards rushing. I think the most important thing was that we did stick with it, and it's the only reason uh, any of our RPOs or play action uh, was successful is the fact that we stuck with this running game, even though it wasn't necessarily working. And I'm sure, you know, every fiber of Doug's being was like, I just want to call a pass play every play. And I'm sure like Andy Reid was sitting at home going, Doug, you know, got to call more pass plays here. It's not working. The running game's not working. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just really happy about it. Even in the first quarter, I said, you know, we're really committing to the run here. And I was ecstatic. I thought it was a good game plan. Yeah, Overall. I thought it was a good game plan. I thought it was a good game. You know, I, I thought several times while watching the game, like, you know, if I weren't personally invested in this, this is the kind of game I'd love to watch. And... Um, you know, going back to that that drive that uh, Falls led the Eagles on for the the winning touchdown, that was really impressive. It looked that that showed me something that really looked like all right. We are a quality team to be able to move the ball efficiently and comfortably against this defense. It didn't look like it didn't look like it was a miracle that we went down the field. It looked like we were a good team, you know, coming through on third downs when we needed to, you know, and just converting and, and making it work. Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles overall for the day, 25 for 40, 266 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, like not, not an overwhelming game from Nick Foles, just kind of a, you know, good. Okay. Good game. I mean, the two interceptions were kind of bad. Um, but that so that that drive, I mean, that was the game, that drive. Um, and it came down to, you know, four, four end goal plays. And we had to use every one of them. And we get down to this fourth and goal. And you're just kind of I don't know. What was your what, what was your like percentage that you thought that they were going to successfully get this touchdown? Oddly enough, 80, I, 20, were you... I was like 70, 30. I was pretty confident that they had a play that yeah. they were going to they were going to come out with that was going to because it it just it didn't part of it was when you look at the way they called first down and second down they just ran it up the gut the idea the strategy there being is Kill if we clock. just score quick we're going to give them plenty of time you know and the, at best we're going to be a, at a field goal game at best it seems crazy to say we're going to waste these plays to kill clock and I don't know that I would say that they were wastes. Like you ha- like that was as important. And I feel like that's some of the next level kind of stuff that you, especially like uh, maybe like a Chip Kelly. Like I, I feel like he never kind of got that sort of part of the game. That there is a certain amount of strategy within all of these different aspects of the game. And Doug seems to really have a handle on and these sorts of. Uh, positions totally being aware of how to 
manipulate that sort of situation. I I don't know. I'm, I'm probably rambling here at this point. But the important thing, my point being, you have to not look at those as wasted plays. They were just straight up the middle. Chicago stopped them easily, but they it cost them two timeouts. Or actually, first down, I think they actually it cost them the full 40, 40 seconds, seconds yeah. which was absolutely huge. Because if they had gone down and gotten a touchdown, if they had had enough time to go and get a touchdown, we're, we're yeah. going to the golf course next week. And right. so that's – they still were given a minute and had a shot to at a, at a makeable field goal to win the game. So every – Every second that we ate on those first two downs counted. And because of the way they played it, I felt like even then, Doug was already committed. This is a four-down situation. Yep. And I think on third down, he wanted to get the touchdown. But, you know, it didn't yeah, pan out. I, I would just say that that's kind of what you would do if you were playing Madden in that situation. You would go, all right, I'm going to run two up the middle. We're not going to score. I'm going to bleed the clock or force them to use timeouts. And then I have these two plays that I think both will work um, and it'll be fine. You know, and, and it turned out that it that it was. And I what, mean, that, did, you, did you notice anything about either of those two plays? Did it look like anything that you had seen? I don't remember the third down play very well, but the fourth down play, that, that wasn't anything I'd ever seen them run before. Well, I think that I think the Bears had it defended pretty nicely, actually, and I, it was one of the more impressive throws from Nick in the entire game because I think he really had to uh, change his arm slot for the delivery on that one. Yeah, and I think that was that play is in. I think designed to Golden Tate that whole way because I don't oh, know that yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean it got disrupted and yeah. Nick had to adjust for it, and I thought it was, I mean, pretty. I mean, like, yeah, like we said, Nick did not have a stellar game today, but he came up in the spot that we needed him to come up in. Yeah, they showed us some interesting things out oh, of wow. the playbook today because that the the I think maybe you noticed that that two point conversion was a was a variation on the Philly special. Like, was Nick Foles <laughs> actually going out to, to? You can kind of see in the replay that Nick Foles definitely looks like he's yeah. in a pass pattern in that in that play that. That was like a, I guess another variation on that same yeah, he formation. Yeah, was doing the the cell where he would go down like he's changing the play, and it looked exactly like the Philly special, which I guess was the idea. It was like, oh, they're really going to run the Philly special, which seemed like a little too like on the nose. Um, and then it was the direct snap, yeah, just like Philly special, but then just. But the do you idea do you think the defensive coordinators, over. when they see us in these sorts of situations, do they have to at least try and 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 think like, are, are they really going to do it? Like would they really run that play again? Would they really, you know, do you think that just the fact that that's on tape is now it's, it's in people's heads? Yeah. yeah. Well, and every team's running it. So, and it's like our signature play. It, it's like, you know, going to see, um, <laughs> you know, going to see like Led Zeppelin and going, are they going to play Stairway to Heaven? Like, yeah, like if you're going to see the Eagles, you want to see a Philly Philly or the Philly special, especially we do it in the Super Bowl on a fourth and Doug. And then first game of the year or first preseason game of the year, I forget, but I think it was the first actual. Yeah, it was in the regular season game. They do the Philly special again, or that's where we found out there was the variations or whatever. But like, it's you have to do it it's it's your encore song so when they're like oh man they you know two points means we need a touchdown to win of course they're going to do the philly special i love the idea to do it as a fake 
I love yeah. the I love the fact that they that they still will run variations off it because it's like you know it's almost like you know we're going to try it. It that play is so well designed that even if you know it's coming, it's so hard to defend. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on um, Thursday night. The, were we going to see some sort of variation of the Philly special in this game? And I guess we kind of did. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just nice to know that. And I, I think we, we talked about Thursday night that one of the things that I was concerned about, maybe I was talking to somebody else about this, that Frank Reich was the guy that used to show up with a bag of tricks and kind of say, like, yeah. you know, here are these things. Um, so it's nice to know that somebody is still being like, Doug, you know, it's nice to know that he's he's still creative. And I, and I said this recently, maybe as recently as Thursday, I am so impressed with his last quarter of this season like there was definitely times where I was like I guess Doug was a kind of a flash in the pan one hit wonder kind of thing he had one great season and then everybody figured him out and the league caught up to him he really does seem like he is grinding through and and starting to have fun again and starting to 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 be the the guy that we loved last year yeah Doug call a better game with Nick Foles under center it feels like it. I I was really impressed with the game he called today. That's all I can say. I mean, I've had my I've had my issues with Doug throughout the year, and he knows that. <laughs> he knows we haven't seen eye to eye all year long. Um, but I was really happy with the game today. I mean, I, I didn't ha- I didn't have one problem with any at any point today. Well, I mean, if if they're if they're running RPOs with with Carson Wentz, is he just making the the wrong decision? Uh, is it a matter of that a lot of these plays all have variations or options off of them, and and that Carson just hasn't developed that skill set yet? I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to to knock a guy who the previous year before this injury was playing at an MVP caliber level. I mean, we Carson Wentz is an incredible athlete. We've seen him do in, incredible things. He's not like some schlub you know, off the off the block Canadian football league quarterback. Like he is a pedigree quarterback. But it does seem, for whatever reason it is, that this offense seems more efficient when Nick Foles is the quarterback. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean just from the past few weeks it really feels like Nick is taking every sliver that the defense gives them. Um gives them. You know, I, I, and I feel like Carson is going into some of these plays going, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. Right. Well, and, and I'm going to make it work. And Nick has been clutch. It's We've seen Carson in these other, you know, earlier in the season, middle of the season, in these situations where he needed to go out and have a drive and win the game and wasn't getting there. Or it's, an, it's crazy to think of – how this season has gone from from where we were against Tennessee and then we were all thought that this team was dead we had written them off at least three times we all thought that they were done after the New Orleans game the first time I never thought that they would be playing New Orleans again in New Orleans in the playoffs like it just was not something that seemed remotely a possibility to me it's and a- I think if someone said to you that in the divisional round of the playoffs um, you'd have two teams from the NFC East still playing. I would have called you crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
And I would have said one would have been Washington. Well, and the other thing is... That, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. And if you had also said to me we were going to do it without Carson Wentz, I also would have said you were nuts if you had said that to me after the, the New Orleans game. I just didn't yeah. think that Nick Foles would... That that was even remotely a possibility that he would come back in and put this team on the on his back the way that he has. And, you know, I don't want to make myself sound like... Because I have recently made me, myself sound like I'm the kind of person that wants to go and get those those two first-round picks for Wentz and cut bait. Uh, that's not my position. I still think that Carson Wentz is the, the future of this franchise. I, I, I hope that Nick Foles gets a huge payday wherever from, from somebody next year. But I'm sure as hell going to enjoy the ride next week if he can get us past New Orleans. And I really enjoyed watching him play today. And as far as I'm concerned, he can come back and be number nine for this. Like, nobody should wear number nine for a long time as far as I'm concerned. You gonna retire the number? I don't, I'm not not one of those officially like put it in the rafters, but like let's just not let's not put it on like some fourth quarterback in training camp. Like let's just like nine. Let's make nine special. I, I would love that to be a dual announcement of the the uh, <laughs> the Eagles are not resigning Nick Foles, but they are retiring his number. <laughs> that would be the most Eagle thing maybe to do ever. It really is starting to become an existential crisis with this team about what to do with Nick Foles. And the decision gets harder every single week about what, what is what is the best thing for the And not the just team. harder, like exponentially harder. Like this is a 29-year-old quarterback who by all rights shouldn't be able to do the things that he does. But you look at the numbers and you look at – like how how he he pulls wins out of nowhere and has 400 games and it's just insane you know he's got as many playoff wins as he does and Carson Wentz has zero it it's it's crazy <laughs> oh by the way did you see that Shefty tweeted out that they're going to find the way to give um Foles that bonus money oh yeah that's that they needed to do that that was do the right thing howie right there yeah, do do the right thing. Three um, three snaps. He missed we, it by three snaps. Yeah, we talked about you know the officiating was fine today, but there was the huge incomplete pass debacle again with the was there a on. clear recovery that I, I had never heard of any of that until this season and now twice in two Eagles games we have had an issue with was there a clear recovery in this case I actually yeah no there was no clear recovery because the referee picked it up. Well, I mean, who who did who said it? Tony Dungy, I think, on the halftime show said he always told his guys if the ball's on the field, just pick it up. Which is which seems to me like should just be common sense. How many times do you just see that kind yep. of stuff happen? It seems so insane to me that nobody did. I guess in the Eagles' defense's defense, um, there is a, a a referee running on like the line judge or whatever is running onto the field blowing his whistle waving that incomplete like that you can see it in the replays that he is waving his arms and, and blowing the whistle so i i assume that that to them meant it was dead so if you blow the play dead there this is how i understand how the ruling had to get made if there's a referee running on the field blowing that play dead ruling it incomplete you can't then by replay be like oh no that actually was complete and a fumble, but we were blowing the whistle dead, so we'll just give it to Chicago at the 10. Like, that would have been right. insane, too. I don't know how you make the right call there. Like, that's, that's why I can't 
totally fault, like say that there was bad officiating. I have no idea what the right call was there. But, so here's my question. If an Eagle just randomly picked the ball up and tossed it to the ref, would we have gotten the ball on like the five yard? Well, that would have denoted a, a clear recovery. But by the same note, if an Eagle had just picked up the ball ball up and walked to the other end zone, would, would that have been, have been a, been a touchdown? touchdown? I, I don't know. Who knows? I've never seen that call before. I have never seen that before. And I mean, is do they get together and they do they? Who's at fault? Is it the ref that comes on the field and blows that play dead? The you NFL know. needs to make a decision on what the hell they're going to do with these referees and these decisions and when they blow plays dead. Like I get they want player safety and people to stop playing after the whistle blows, but there's so many times this season has the whistle blown and there have been things to sort out after the play is over. Yeah, the play is not complete. Exactly. So either stop blowing the play dead or stop trying to make decisions after the whistle is blown on like possession calls and things like that and where to place the ball. It's getting crazy. Is the problem instant replay? Because a generation ago, we wouldn't have looked at that play. So it would have just been been incomplete. And we would have moved on. Right. Like, is that the problem is now that we've taken, we've put too many eyes on the decision-making. So now we can backtrack and now we can backtrack so far with technology, we can actually call catches. You know, we're, we're, we're getting to these permutations of like, this could have happened and that could have happened, and then you it, it becomes insane. So the other weird thing about that was it was with it was after the two minute warning, right? Yeah. So that the was Bears called a timeout to let I don't know New York think about challenging it or reviewing it again, and then so I mean it wasn't challenged by the Bears because they couldn't. So New York actually had to say. Let's let's review it, but to what purpose? Well, what they said on the broadcast, if I remember correctly, is that the the Bears, I guess, wanted to give the referees as much time to look at it as possible. Yeah, I get that. So I guess they really believed that they were going to get that they really believed it was a catch, and therefore, yep. since there was no recovery by the Eagles, that the only logical conclusion would be that they would get it at 10. They could, I don't no. think that they could have fathomed that they would have ended up backed up and lost the timeout. No, well... Because well, I feel I mean, like it was a, lo- a loss all around for the Bears there. Like, they got screwed totally there. Uh, the only thing that would have been worse is if the Eagles had gotten awarded the ball in some way. I don't know how that would have happened, though, because they didn't recover it. Right. So, uh, yeah, the Bears thought it was going to be a catch... And either down by contact, which is what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be a fumble, but I guess it was. I don't know. It was a weird play. I don't know. Really I, I think the play. NFL still has more work to do in determining what a catch is and and some of these possession calls. Um. So, whew, man, this game was nuts. And there was it was so like such a dense game. Like it felt like every drive. You know, and for a game that had as many punts as it did, that's one thing I wanted to bring up is how good and then how bad were the was the Bears punter. <laughs> Man, that coffin corner kick at the one. He he put us disgusting. he pinned us he basically eliminated our set our like at set you know, first quarter and, and part of the second quarter. He just buried us like at the one yard line and then like at the six, I think, for a drive. He just 
And I, I said, I think I said to you guys over text, I said, this, this guy is the MVP. Put a bounty on him. Yeah, and then he shanks it, and we get it at the 40. <laughs> in the in the absolute best possible scenario for us, he, like, takes it off the side of his foot. This guy who has been killing us the whole game and and puts us in prime position to, to you know, start the game-winning drive. It was crazy. So I think there's an opening for, like, you know, sports psychiatrist who specializes in kicking in Chicago. I mean, <laughs> there were two sure. really clutch moments where they, they came up small. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that there's there's which, three friends sitting in Chicago having this exact same conversation, and it's very different in tone. <laughs> Speaking of which, why did we not kick the ball out of the end zone on the our last kickoff? Were we trying to just kick it short to make them run it out and hopefully pin them back behind the twenty? The only thing I could think of is that they thought that that was going to eat up more clock. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing was you know you didn't want to give them a free start but like by god like you gotta not allow them to have the possibility of giving you a run back there it was that was one of the more scary moments there at the end and to to revisit that moment too because um they're talking like well his outside range it's a very still day in chicago you know very still like perfect weather it's 51 yards you know, and I was looking like they were like 20 yards away from that. I'm like, I'm like, this game is over. This game is over. <laughs> and then he shanks it at like 35. And I had myself convinced like 51. No way we win this game. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but no, that was that was scary. I think there's conversation from earlier after we got the touchdown. I was concerned about the m- amount of time on the clock and the the timeout. I'm like, ah, you know, good first play or two, and and this game is over. But that that run back that got me really concerned because all of a sudden the field got really short for uh, what they need to win it. Um, so bring on the Saints, huh? Who dat? I believe that's Drew Brees. That's who that is. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got some unfinished business with the Saints. I don't really like how they ran up the score on us last time we played how we let them run the score up on us. <laughs> well, do you think that this is not the matchup the saints wanted? This is not who they wanted to see. I think they wanted to have vengeance on their side and be having Dallas come to them. I think that was certainly who Sean Payton was rooting for was the bears to beat us so that they can have Dallas come to their place so they can get a little, a little revenge. I don't think they wanted the, who would want, if you're anybody left in the playoffs, does anybody want to see Doug and Nick coming to their place? I wouldn't. No, no, we're nuts. We have a lunatic coach. <laughs> we have this like weird mystique going on. And we like right now we have absolutely nothing to lose. We have, we have an endowed no. quarterback. We we have <laughs> BDN. We got ski masks. Yeah, we're like you bank know, robbers. It looks scary. <laughs> but we, we literally are playing with house money now. Like we, we have absolutely nothing to lose. We we are gonna go in there and and we're just gonna be be crazy. We're just gonna go in there and I feel like this is this team is gonna go in and play loose. And I, I feel like this is this is not the same team that went down down there earlier in the season. I feel like very seriously, a lot of the pressure is off. And they, this is a, a different feeling to the team. They have a different mojo. The, this is a, the Nick Foles train of destiny is pulling in 
again, and we're we're underdogs again. We've got the ski mask. We love to wear masks. Uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be we like, like to hide our true yeah. selves. <laughs> yeah, and and you know we'll we'll bring we'll br- you bring the beads. We'll bring the masks, and we'll have a Mardi Gras. Oh, that's where you're going with that. <laughs> um, but on the more tangible thing of what's changed, the way uh, our defense looks, um, you know, the 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 game Jim Schwartz is calling, or maybe just our hodgepodge of a of a secondary. But our defense looked really good today. In the last few weeks, we have looked good. And when we went to New Orleans, we looked horrible. We looked horrible the week before, you know. So I'm it's... pretty sure the guys that started at corner for us against New Orleans are no longer on the team. Like I think they got <laughs> cut. <laughs> like, I, that, it... I, I don't. Is that true? I I think New Orleans was the first game where everybody was out. Like uh, I think that was the first game after all the injuries, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's the. Th- there is something to be said for the fact that now we've got Maddox has been in the system now for a while. Mac- he Maddox, good tonight. Maddox, I mean, he got beat, but he got beat he a couple good. times. But it's one of those things where I feel like that guy is really got some some talent, and he's not going to lose every single break. You know what I mean? He was in really good positions in a lot of plays, and he's going to make more of those plays than he's going to miss. You know, coming up, I hope. Um. And there's something to be said for playing together, for having the, the group that's been together now for four weeks and, and having solid practices every day and getting a sense for where each other are going to be in the on the field and, and being able to back each other up. When you're pulling in guys that are coming in and, and practicing for a week together that you've just met, you know, you don't have that kind of communication that, that you need that you develop over time. And, I, you know, it... I feel like also Jim Schwartz knows how to use these guys better and knows how to put them in positions, as they say, put them in a better position to win. Yeah, it looks like uh, Bosby didn't work out, but whoa, LeBlanc is sticking. Actually, he had a nice game today, too. Yeah, and I thought I, LeBlanc, I, yeah. we didn't hear a lot of uh, Rasul Douglas's name called, so that usually means that you're having a pretty okay day. Yeah, An- another, another name I didn't hear called a ton was Khalil Mack, just for the record. No. And who was who was on him? It, Peters, right? Peters just had him on lockdown. Like I, I, Yeah, game. I think it was Jason Peters in the tight ends. Yeah, I know Mack moves around a lot, but Well, and know, I feel I mean, like that's gonna be the under the under probably under discussed part of the game is a lot of people are gonna be like, Well, where was Zach Ertz? And I'm gonna tell you where Zach Ertz was. He was on Khalil Mack. He was making sure that he was not on Nick Foles. Yeah, but Zach Ertz can't block, right? Isn't that the whole knock on him? I always thought that Zach Ertz was 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 had had vastly improved his blocking in the last two years. Uh, Dallas uh, Godair. Isn't it just Goddard? It is. It is just okay. Goddard, but I like to make him sound like some sort of like Renaissance painter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Dallas undercuts that. This is the vintage Godair. <laughs> Dallas Godair. Like right, we're, we're, we should make him Dallas. <laughs> Dallas Godair. Godair. Maybe like his that. mom calls him Dally. <laughs> Dally Godair. See, we're going we're going down to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> Godair. All right, one of me. He looked good today. Um it's funny hearing Chris Collinsworth talk about our yak. <laughs> Uh, but he filled in. I mean, when you run those two tight end sets, if um, you know, they're obviously going to key in on Ertz, the not not all team, not NFL all team 
Zach Ertz. Do you think that Nick Foles and Zach Ertz like had a bad breakup or something? I feel like they just they just are like a they're like that Craigslist misconnection kind of thing, you know? No, did he have any? Um, what was his? Hmm. Sorry, just gonna go to the box score here and find. Um... I feel like Nick only has eyes for Alshon in some ways. <laughs> well, he he likes Nelly the too. Record, yeah. Although, I mean, Ertz had five receptions for 52 yards today. So, I mean, Alshon only had six. So I would not have predicted the five. If that I, was a pretty quiet five. Yeah. Well, I mean, 52 yards, that's great. Just, I don't know. It didn't seem like, you know, when watching the game, I would have said like three. Yeah, six to yeah. Jeffrey, five to Ertz, five to Tate, three to Aguilar, and uh, two to Goddard. I was going to send Tate back to Detroit until tonight. Like, I was going to be like, give us a third back. This was a win. And none from Jordan Matthews, although he did have that huge pass interference. And I was just going to talk about that, that I felt like that was such a pro, like a pro wide receivers. You know, that's the kind of thing where you're, if you're going to get one play in the game, like, make it count. And and he, that was such a pro move to to, to kind of still hang in on that play, try to make the, the catch one-handed and draw that flag. And that was a pretty clear, easy call right, to make. Because if you give up on that play, you're not going to get that flag. Right, right. But, you know, all the hand checking. And, you know, sometimes those things will go either way. But the way Matthews kind of, like, left his hand back and let him, you know, almost baited him into that pass interference. Um, it was such a pro move. I really like that It really play. was. It really was. Um, what's left to talk about here? Turnovers. So we should have had, like, three interceptions. Um, but we had none. So we had a minus two turnover uh, margin. Not going to work in New Orleans. All all of the markers, if you look kind of like at the stats for this game, like we should have lost this game. We lost the turnover battle. We were on the road. I think we got outgained. Um, it's 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 so strange that, you know, we, we've kind of countered all of the the statistical data that you would get. If you had said to me, uh, you're going to lose the turnover battle by two and uh, you're going to be outgained by uh, 60 yards, you know. Well, it's well, amazing what like a missed a field goal does. I mean. Well, if... there's there's two big things there. They also missed a two-point conversion in there. That's five points that you've left on the field. Right. I mean, Parkey puts that through and we're saying, well, we had a minus two turnover margin and you're not going to win like that. So... You know, do you think do you think that we have a chance next week? Like very honest to God, you know, I'm I'm as far as expectation goes, I, I'm already exceeded from my recalibrated expectations around Thanksgiving. Getting in the playoffs was what I thought would be as far as we could possibly get. We were going to sneak in and immediately be eliminated. So the fact that we've advanced on to the final eight that we're playing next weekend, as far as we're over my bar. Um, I, I I feel like we've got a puncher's chance in New Orleans, but very realistically, New Orleans, I think, has been consistently the best team all year, better than Kansas City, better than the Rams. I think they're the best team in the NFL. So that's who I think is going – like, that's my pick to win the Super Bowl. I know I picked Seattle in the beginning, but now I'm officially eliminated in that pool. Um, but – I like that we have a puncher's chance. I, I I hope we don't get beat by forty three points. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to go in there with you know total fan mode uh, once that game kicks off. But putting that aside for a second, logically, I, I think the line's going to open up 
like about seven and a half, maybe. You know, does that sound right to you? And I feel like that's about where I feel like the game's probably going to be. That that feels about right. I think you know Philadelphia bets will drive that down. Um, and I if I had to bet, I I would say we lose next weekend. But it's this is an an improbable team. You know, we've been you know we've defied expectations. You know, to win the Super Bowl, we defied the expe- expectations to be here. I I wouldn't be I I expect the game to be close. I expect it to be an exciting game maybe you know halfway through the fourth. Okay, we've lost. But if we win, I wouldn't be floored. I'd be surprised, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as surprised as I was that we won today with that field goal. Um but I'd be surprised. Well, the line is out uh just in case you're curious, and the uh, Saints are favored by eight and a half. I wasn't that far off. I wasn't that. So here's what I will say: one, I am. If they lost to the Saints, I'm total like I'm fine. I don't expect them to beat the Saints. I expected them to beat the Bears today. Um, do I think we'll cover that spread? Yes, I do think we'll cover that spread. Um, but I would still pick them to lose the game. And, uh, yeah, but like you said, they do have a puncher's chance. And it's not like, I mean, hey, if Dallas can beat the Saints. And I feel like, I feel like that matchup is the NFC championship game. If the Eagles somehow defeat New Orleans, we're going to the Super Bowl. And I think New Orleans is the team to beat in the NFC. And if they take out us, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. So. Well, yeah, because now if you beat the Saints, you get we're in like crazy town time, and I, you know, all bets are off at this point. And where do your expectations now shift? Because you've beaten, you've beaten the Rams in LA two years in a row, so that's a winnable game. Dallas, although we haven't beaten them this year, is a beatable team. I don't care where you play them, Uh, and you know. You know, it is what it is. And then you go and and you're playing whatever AFC team, you know, Andy Reid who will mess it up. Uh, You know, you've beaten the Patriots again. I I, I don't know. A Patriots team that's definitely not as good as the team you beat the year before. No, the corpse of uh, Gronkowski out there. Yeah. Here's Here's my thought. Is this, the week, this game coming up, is this the hardest game left that the Eagles will play? Like, if you think about all the other matchups left, all the other possibilities, all the teams that are left of the other eight, the other seven teams, is this game, if they can get past this, do you feel confident that you, you, yeah, I'm not I saying say that you're yes having them favored, lot, but. Yeah, I say yes. And I think a lot of it has to do with the uncomfortability moving, like playing in New Orleans. Like, we don't have great success there historically. Very it's... few people do that aren't New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, we can play in Dallas. We can obviously play in L.A. We may even have, like, a home field advantage if we get an L.A. Yeah, game. Yeah, that's crazy. And then neutral zone in the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, I think this is be- the I'd say better than neutral in the Super Bowl it, unless we end up playing the Saints. Pretty, unless, <laughs> unless we end up playing um, uh, the Patriots. 
you know, we'd have an advantage over any AFC opponent just for experience. You know. Oh, we, I was thinking like regionally, like are we the closest to Atlanta? Yeah. It would be the uh, easiest trip for us. No, no, I, I was talking about just the you know, having been there before. You know, yeah. obviously the Patriots have been there before, but outside of them, anyone yeah. in the AFC? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to play the Chargers. I, I think they look really good right so now. So let's 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 talk about the AFC for a second. Uh, two things. Uh, I told you so about the Indianapolis Colts. All right. And uh, <laughs> I was so dead wrong about the about the Baltimore Ravens. I thought that the 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 Chargers had no shot in that game today, and uh, I was pretty wrong on that one. But uh, I, I very I think that the the Colts might be the scariest team left in that bracket. I wouldn't want to play them. They look really good. They look really complete. And uh, it that makes that win against them that we got earlier in the year, it feels a little bit better. Well, they were, what, 1-5 to start the season? Something crazy like that. But so They're kind of a different team now. They're, total, they're a totally different team. They're a much better defensive team. They have a great they're, – they're great on both lines. And uh, the, Andrew Luck seems to have kind of figured out how to play quarterback again. Yeah. So I don't want to play them, so I hope they get knocked off. <laughs> all right, of all the teams left in the AFC, who would you want to play? The Patriots? Uh I want to play the Chiefs. Are they the actually. least scary team? I want to play the Chiefs, actually, because I feel like I feel like that secondary is ripe to be picked. And I feel like Andy Reid, if there's any if there's any team that might know, like, you know, that be like that Andy Reid kryptonite, we might have a like a psychological advantage. Um, okay. <laughs> I like how we all just said, yeah, we're not winning next week. Now we're like choosing our <laughs> opponent for the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the only thing I really, truly, absolutely pie in the sky want is I want an NFC championship game in Dallas. I want it so bad. And now I feel like I can taste it. And I don't want to root for Dallas next week. I don't, but I want that so bad. Uh, well, we play the late game, so we're, we're playing on Sunday. So you're going to root for Dallas on Saturday? I don't want to. I never, ever want to root for Dallas. But if they win, I'm not going to be that upset. Yeah, I mean, we beat the Rams. We haven't beat Dallas this year. No, I want and I, I want it so bad. Like, that's how I want to get to the Super Bowl. I want to, like, it's like like Michael Corleone. I want to settle all family business before the end of the season. Did you know? I didn't get to watch a lot of the Dallas game, but did you notice that Zeke was doing a double feed me? Yeah, he was move? doing the double feed me. What, that game was. the double move? Is that playoff? Extra I guess food that's, for playoffs? That's extra food for playoffs. You got to get extra, extra serving. That game was so weird because Pete Carroll had to, you know, you, you're coaching without a kicker. You know what I mean? It, and they are not yeah, you're basically Doug Peterson well but the crazy <laughs> thing is they showed a stat that they had only tr- attempted uh one other two point con- like one two point conversion the entire season that seems insane to me in the modern NFL that you've only attempted one two point conversion don't we go for two once a game they're cowards it seems like we go yeah, for two me. once a game chicken yeah so to me it feels like you know they're they're playing in a they're playing in a in a different a different league you know, but that's also a team that ran the ball like six hundred times this year. That that team's a throwback. No wonder they got bumped. Um, yeah. But you can't lose your kicker. That sucks. That's tough. But I mean, it did. I don't think it really had an impact on that game. No, I don't know. It was. I mean, they went for it for two, and they would have kicked a, an extra point, and they got it. 
Did you or did you not want to see an actual dropkick field goal? Because I did. I really wanted to see him try one of those. No, I I, I didn't want to see it. I, I don't even know what it is. It's where What's you, a dropkick You actually have, like, the way the dropkick works, because they did have to use it for, for kickoffs, you have to drop the ball, and it has to make contact with the turf. And then once it's made contact with the turf, the, the kicker, usually, I guess, a punter, then can, can kick it. Uh, but well, why sh- would you do that for a field goal? You're allowed to. But why would you? Because you don't have an option to place kick, I guess. But they were okay. saying that he the, the, the oh, so the punter would drop kick it. Right, the punter, their punter knows how to drop kick. Like I guess it's a skill set. Like you can't just okay. t- you don't just throw like an offensive lineman back there to to, to drop. Seems like kick. you would want to do that for onside kicks. Well, they also tried it for an onside kick, but it, it the the reason that people don't just drop kick all the time is because the, if it takes a funny bounce, the ball can knuckle and go wherever it wants. So it's it's very unpredictable. Sure. It's not very repeatable. Um, but it is a legal way to kick. A lot of the I think they use it a lot in Australian rules football. So you'll see like the guy that was a punter for Seattle was out of the Australian league, so he knew how to do it. Cool. That's some good background research, Gene. Well, I watched. I was just watching the game. That's some good paying attention, Gene. Thanks. <laughs> Let's go to Chuck's penalty box. But you picked it up. You dropped it, but you picked it right back up. I'm not calling that a fumble. So um, let's start with Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? Look, I'm super happy today, okay? I'm not letting anything bring me down or or get to me i'm putting myself in the penalty box only because i had um a flawed celebration today after the missed field goal i did a i did a run around the living room i was high-fiving everybody i went to jump over the couch i tripped jumping over the couch i almost injured myself i think i may have broken the sofa slightly if you look real close at it it's not quite the way it was before i ran outside i was screaming i was the only one who did that i thought some of my neighbors (laughs) might have also joined me in my jubilation on on our front lawns but they did not so i felt slightly embarrassed by that but i didn't care uh so my shirt stayed on and i did not run through any neighbor's house in search of food uh in case anyone i went to college with was listening to this that might have been curious um, so I'm putting myself in the penalty box. All right. Dave is saying mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, and giving himself, oh, we'll keep up with the Latin, three Hail Marys and two Our Fathers for his improper celebration. Gene, Gene, who is in your penalty box? I feel like we may have done this one already. But uh, the dinner jacket thing that they keep sticking on Ed Rendell uh, is is fairly annoying. But honestly, the thing that has been driving me most nuts this week has been these guys on Twitter who uh, keep saying stuff like, uh, Manny Machado uh, is, is seriously thinking and considering possibly talking to somebody who might be in New York City and related to the Yankees. Uh, he may seriously consider signing a contract sometime before next season. Like... I'm so sick of these goofy guys that are just trying to gain traction when there is zero news in the in the Manny Machado 
front. And but even Gene, he followed the Yes Network, and then when they signed Tulo, he unfollowed the Yes Network. So you're saying he just doesn't want to play with Troy Tulowitzki, or that he's oh another corpse? God. Like talking about shambling corpses of human beings. Tulo Tulowitzki is done. It's he's a bench player at best. Um, so. I'm just I'm so frustrated with this whole offseason in baseball, and I'm going to keep venting about it because something has to happen. It's 2019. I've been waiting for years for stupid Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to sign contracts with the Phillies, and they aren't doing it, and it's making me mad. So, Who's in the penalty box, Gene? It sounds like you got God. lots of groups of people that you're angry I'm at. I'm going to put Twitter reporters for stupid. Stoking my flames with no payoff. Oh, Good luck God. with that one, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my um. So, uh, for rumor mongering and soothsaying, Gene is putting uh Twitter baseball reporters in the penalty box for two minutes. But I hear, and I'm hearing from reliable sources, is actually going to be three or four. Well polished show tonight. And the people going in my penalty box are trash talking fans who take it too seriously. I hate to break it to you, but your fandom and your team has no inherent, you know, worth. So when you are debating with the Cowboys fan and you know they're saying Oh, we showed you and we kicked your ass twice this year. And you go, oh, yeah, well, we won the Super Bowl. And then the Cowboys fan says, I, I got five rings. And you say, I see you're born in 1994. You didn't see them. And you're both getting really pissed. Just say, no, none of that matters. You can like whatever team you want to like. You can take pride in certain things. And, you know, it's fun to trash talk. It's fun to bust on teams you don't like. But it's the... It's when you take it so seriously and you can't concede a point. Like, if I'm busting on a Penguins fan, I'm going to make fun of the fact that their team went bankrupt twice. And they're going to go, oh, we won back-to-back cups. We won four cups since you won any. And I'm not going to say, um, like, oh, that makes me so mad. Because he's right. They're right. Like, but you know what? I don't care. I like my team. You like your team. None is inherently better than the other. Just Calm down with the trash talking. It's supposed to be fun. I mean, you know, and I'm putting those is like people that are like really passionate about sports, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the penalty for that? What's the uh, give out the? <laughs> I, I'm giving myself a five minute major and <laughs> ten minute misconduct for not knowing your audience. <laughs> Gene, though, real quick, I want to go back to your Ed Rendell point about the dinner jacket. So that thing, that rag is just hanging at, like, Comcast Studios, right? I don't think it comes off his chair. I think it literally just stays on the chair. It hasn't been washed since, like, I don't know, Michael Barkin. Right, where's my jacket? Does he just refuse- add some more dandruff? To Does he just re- refuse to wear a suit now? Like, is, is he too good for that now? It's what I mean. Basically, might as well just wear his pajamas and put a black suit jacket on over it. I mean, it's I don't even know if it gets hung up on the back of the chair. It may it's just get horrible. rolled up in a ball in the corner. And it never matches anything else he wears. It's ridiculous. Not wearing a navy blue polo and wearing a black jacket. All right. 
anyway. All right, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> it's been a fun one. Yeah. It's been a fun one. It's been a fun few weeks. Yeah, it's today was has been a fun day. It's this has been a, been the icing on a sweet sweet cake of a day. All right, so we're going to come back sometime midweek and we're going to talk about some uh, you know, a course correction and how to cheer for the Flyers. Um because we have a new goal and it's not the playoffs any longer. Uh so we'll be back later on the week to talk about that. Um, we will see you back at our regular time on uh, Monday morning to uh, recap a victory over the Saints. And uh, we'll see what's uh, what's cooking on the hot stove. And um, hopefully the the feud between Jimmy Butler and Brett Brown has, you know, totally cooled off by the time we talk again. And by the time we talk about Sixers again, because I feel like it's been a really long time since we've talked to any Sixers stuff. Yeah. So we got to get them back on the board soon. All right, so have a great day at work, everybody, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>